1: We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short routes. The boys are back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is reception, reception, the show. Yo, what's cracking,
0: everybody? James Go, Matt Harmon here with you, and you're listening to Reception Perception, the The show. All right, Matt, how are we feeling today, man? Uh, we got a lot of preseason games now kind of in the books, and uh, at some point in the show here, I think we're going to talk a little bit about clarity. Have we gained a little clarity with some of these teams, and specifically with Green Bay and Houston? Uh, But as we approach here, week number three of the preseason, what's on your mind, pal?
1: Uh, number one, yeah, we're getting close to roster cutdown day. Uh, I'm I of course interested to see, you know, if we get any surprises there. If we get any, I've heard, you know, some rumors of like this might be a more of an active trade time. Uh, this cutdown day, we'll see if we get any big mm. trades. Uh, at at cutdown day, we'll we'll see. Of course, we we have a lot of things we're kind of still monitoring. But I'll tell you what, man, if I'm being straight up honest with you. Um, wow. my, my wife and I are taking a little, uh, vacation getaway here, Ooh. uh, starting tomorrow after tomorrow okay. afternoon, evening, I'm going to go check out some of the, the wineries here in Charlottesville, Virginia. You know, we, we, we leave behind yeah. Temecula and Santa Barbara, you know, great wine <laughs> scenes there. So this is usually like our annual tradition right before the okay. season starts is, is to take a little, uh. Take a little bit. So that's where my mind really is. I've got a little senioritis <laughs> here. Of like, all right, let me get this next two days of work done, and let me uh, let me get on some some fun times here this weekend. If you, uh... if you want me to be straight up honest with you of what what's on my mind. <laughs> well,
0: you know what's great about that too is the fact that okay, you guys are going to do this this winery tour or whatever it's going to be, and then and then you just get holed up, uh, and then that's it. Uh, after that, there's there's no more Matt Harmon until you know until yeah. we get to like dis- late December. You know what I mean? Right. So this is it. It's exactly. the last hurrah. It's the last hurrah, uh, before you get camped up here. All right. That's all good. Uh, listen, um, let's talk about some of these injuries, uh, that have befallen the wide receiver position. This one's not really an injury, uh, but a surprise announcement here from Corey Davis. Uh, he retired, uh, today as we sit here and record on a Wednesday afternoon, that one caught me a little bit off guard. Um, but you know, kind of give the folks out there your idea, like a like a retrospective of what Corey Davis was as a player.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. You know, I was just recording the Yahoo podcast a few hours ago and was talking about how. You know, Robert Sala had said Corey Davis is not a sure bet for Week One. Uh, so, mm. like, you know, because he had been absent for a personal reason. Uh, you know, so get get ready for more Randall Cobb in your lives because that's that's oh, what's going to happen most likely. He's he's been playing ahead of McCole Hardman. Um, I remain kind of like I, I think we've been saying I will we'll, we'll get back to the current Jets a little, but it was crazy. You know, I was saying all that and then in the middle of the show he literally retires. Uh, so mm. I wasn't expecting that, but I'm guessing that was the You know, the personal thing here was juggling whether he wanted to continue his playing career. You know, Corey Davis has uh, dealt with injuries throughout the course of his career. That's been a consistent theme. And I guess, you know, you get to to a point – we talked about this with Andrew Luck, right? He got to a point where he just didn't want to – he just didn't love the game anymore because of what it took away from him from a rehab and a time and a you know a mental yeah. like the mental load of rehab and I don't I don't know why Corey Davis is retiring but you always have to wonder that with these guys who you know Corey Davis is not an old man he was just drafted no. in two thousand uh, it was two thousand seventeen yeah yeah and he's and only uh,
0: he's going into his age twenty eight season man no he's a he's still a young man.
1: Right. And, you know, like Mike Williams was in that draft. He's has got to go in strong. John Ross, the other guy that was drafted in the wow. top 10, he, he retired, right? Uh, he retired wow. this year. So, you know, in that, that draft class actually like great. It's funny. Those top 10 guys. You know, Mike Williams had a good career. Corey Davis had moments, but I think you know he never had a 1,000-yard season. His, his nope. best year was his final year in Tennessee with Arthur Smith's offense where he had 92 targets and 984 yards. That was his best season of his career, five touchdowns, before he hits free agency. I would say that all those guys probably maybe haven't lived up. They were kind of before their time to a point where remember after that people were like is receiver going to be a devalued position and then we've seen how the receiver position has really come back (laughs) roaring the last few draft classes right but the guys in that class you know cooper cup chris godwin uh those guys were all Juju smith schuster even has, has had a really good career and he was like a day two draft pick so there were some good receivers to come out that year that top 10 was just a little bit disappointing but you know Corey davis i think never quite hit the ceiling um, that I think many hoped for obviously he was the fifth overall pick right. but he was a good like he was a good pro and kind of like a dirty work guy you know you never think of these guys who are drafted top five are gonna become the dirty work guys but mm-hmm. really good blocker um, I think a guy that the Jets probably could have needed around this year because I remain sort of like a little spooked by their receiver depth beyond Garrett Wilson you know I think Same. Lazard is better as a three but he's gonna be the two you know we talked about Randall Cobb just a second ago. He probably is their best slot receiver at this point. You know, McCole Hardman is, is like a kind of more of a gadget guy. So they need to – number one, they need to be a run-heavy team. They need Brees Hall to like play really well in the pass game. And they definitely need Garrett Wilson to – what I think he will do, but they need him to emerge as that true superstar. I, I'm,
0: I'm almost – it's like I'm sick of this now you know for for Aaron rodgers I really am you know like he gets traded to the Jets I'm really excited because okay they've got Corey Davis in the fold but they at the time I mean they were still you know holding on to Elijah Moore right so Garrett Wilson Elijah Moore Corey Davis you bring in Lazard oh my gosh this this receiver room's looking pretty spicy and yeah. then they trade away Elijah Moore okay he's and then Corey Davis retires oh okay, and, and now we've got Garrett Wilson, who's going to walk into 170 targets now. Right. And it's just, as you mentioned, just so thin. And I'm just, I'm just so sick of this for Aaron Rodgers. It's like, how many years can this man go with just playing with just one guy? You know, for all those years, it was Devontae Adams. Right. And so now it's, it's Garrett Wilson, by the way. I mean, we all love Garrett Wilson. We're expecting the world of Garrett Wilson, but, you know, still relatively unproven commodity, still certainly coming into his own uh, as a player. It's not like he's a, a a just a fully developed player at this point. Right. Which is great for him. Uh, we see the trajectory. And it's, it's sky high. Uh, but again, he's still, you know, he's still growing as a player. So I just. How many more years of this can we really take with Aaron Rodgers? It's just like, for me, I'm just, I'm just so tired of it. And we know exactly what's going to happen with the New York Jets, right? They're rolling out old man Randall Cobb as their starting slot receiver. I mean, they brought in Malik Taylor from Green Bay for absolutely no reason. And it's just a bunch of no names after Lazard and McColl Hardman. So this is an extreme, it went from, Uh, just a a really enticing, spicy group of wide receivers to now just being incredibly thin with a huge question mark uh, in terms of depth.
1: Now, I think the argument on the Jets side of it, and obviously this isn't what they wanted to happen, the Elijah Moore thing, they have to make that move to get Aaron Rodgers. They don't get Mm. that trade done without, they, they use one of those picks to send back to Green Bay. So um, I obviously that had to happen. That was probably always gonna happen. I think just team and player needed to get away from each other. They don't want Corey Davis to retire. Corey Davis does retire. Um right. so but I would say that from a Jess perspective, this is almost the exact same receiver core that Aaron Rodgers won two MVPs with, right? Back to back MVPs. Like, you know, of course, one of them involved or they both involved Devontae Adams. That's right. the key to this, is they are hoping that Garrett Wilson can become like a even a light version of Devontae Adams which if he's a light version of da- Devonte Adams he's a top 10 receiver in the NFL <laughs> and and yeah. I think that's what we're expecting and hoping for here and he certainly has um he, he certainly has that potential based on his reception perception profile like we've talked about that before his success rate versus press is among the best that ever charted by a rookie he's in a really good group of rookies that have done this so he right. he has that potential but he has to have that has to happen for this all to work out and then otherwise i think they want to run the ball really well Uh, Mm -hmm. They want to play really good defense, which I think they can do both things. A lot of this also hinges on the offensive line too. There's been movement on that line. Like Aaron Rodgers has said, he wants the same starting five out there. Uh, They're going to start Makai Becton, which like (laughs) hopefully that works out because they need him to be good. Dwayne Brown, Henrico Virginia's finest Uh, Dwayne Brown is activated off the PUP. So um, that's another big question. Like there are two big question marks on this roster is the receiver depth beyond Garrett Wilson and it's, I mean, again, Lazard's a fine player. I, I don't want to say like that's bad, but he's a fine player. And then obviously, they they need the offensive line to be to be much better than it's been so far through the summer.
0: I really, well, first of all, like him, you know, secretly tagging, you know, uh, <laughs> his former Green Bay teammates, uh, Bakhtiari, uh, in, in secret, ta- you know, in that's secret right. little Instagram posts and stuff like that. All that stuff. It, it, it was to the point where Green Bay's GM. Had to address the fact that they're not moving Bakhtiari. You know, it's like, all right, got it. Um, but again, you talk about some of the O line movement, some of the O line continuity. Can they be there? I think from a talent standpoint, they they have the ingredients on the O line to be good, uh, but they've got to stay healthy and obviously find a little chemistry and some uh, some continuity there. But man, I want to go back to the wide receivers because look, I- I'm not. I don't think anyone was in love with Corey Davis but it's certainly fair to say he had traits to be an extra starting X receiver in Mm -hmm. this league, right? When you take him off this roster, I, I look at this wide receiver depth. There's no one other than Garrett Wilson who could play the X. And I think that's a little bit scary because you would preferably i mean even Devonte adams at his peak moved around a little bit it's not like they just stuck him on the outside and said hey yep. go play outside they moved him around right so they want to if they want to move around garrett wilson who's playing out who is playing the X receiver spot for this team it's not going to be McCole hardman maybe no. it's alan lazard I, but man
1: all of a yeah. sudden that's looking real bad right it'll have to be lazard It'll it'll have to be just from a size standpoint. Yeah, you're you're wasting snaps if you throw McCole Hardman out at X receiver. You're definitely, definitely not throwing out the uh twenty twenty-three version of Randall Cobb out at X receiver. <laughs> so yeah, it's not it's not great. Uh no, Blizzard, you know, it, it, it's la- beyond not great, Matt. It is bad. I mean the it's, it's bad, so yeah.
0: thin. It's so thin. And as a matter of fact, the versatility for, for, with with which Corey Davis gave that roster is now just gone as well. And that's where I'm like, yeah. oh boy, this could get scary.
1: Yeah, the X receiver part is is massive. And and even last year without Devontae Adams, obviously in Green Bay, you know, Alan Lazard takes 35.3% of his snaps in the slot. You know, I've said previously, like 5% of his snaps in the backfield, pre-snap motion was on mm-hmm. the line for 42%. So they did play him at all three receiver positions. And yeah, you're not going to want Alan Lazard to go out there and run x receiver routes but he can at least play the position from a size standpoint and like win contested right. he's not going to get separation but he can win contested catches and he has good hands uh, and obviously we know as a as a set in the edge blocker um even their tight end room is like Tyler Conklin's fine CJ Uzama's there you know Jeremy Rucker the guy they took in the third round last year right. it's it's definitely I really think Brees Hall is going to have to not only is Garrett Wilson going to have to like have that year I think Brees Hall is going to have to be Ready to be, you know. You look at some of his receiving work from last year; it's very right. similar to like prime David Johnson. Uh, you know, from an air yards per target standpoint. Oh yeah, he was getting like real downfield receiving work. They need that dude to be healthy and and ready that's to scary. rock here because because yeah, that's and and he's obviously coming off a serious injury that
0: that's just so it's so scary i, I don't know how often they're going to run two two running backs out there uh with dalvin cook but i'm i'm assuming they if did you it a lot they your-
1: did it a lot last year with Brees mm-hmm. hall and michael carter before his injury so they have I mean, a different offensive coordinator but still right
0: I, I mean they're gonna have to and if you believe in the philosophy of just get your best guys out there well certainly Brees hall dalvin cook are some of your best guys right so you got to run them out there how you integrate that with Aaron Rodgers in this very thin wide receiver room that's all of a sudden just been decimated. Uh, I I mean, again, you know, again, Denzel Mims too, by the way, Denzel Mims, not a great player by any stretch of the imagination, but they traded him away. Imagine if Corey Davis retired. Now that opens the door for a former second round draft pick, a great athlete, by the way, in Denzel Mims, to maybe walk into this role and maybe, again, not be a huge statistical contributor but just somebody that they can go to every now and again situational type x receiver i i'm just i'm blown away by what has happened in the wide receiver room in new york they had a potential strength there and then they just absolutely gutted it brought in aaron Rodgers, said okay now make it work well
1: uh, to me it just doesn't make sense the Lions waived him. I mean, they waived. That's true. He's him he's cause, available. Cause he, he's he, available. I, I, I think he like if he, if he doesn't get picked up, he just reverts back to their IR. I think that's yeah. how that works. But so he's because he's banged up. But hey, I guess you, you go maybe maybe get him back. Maybe get Denzel Mims back. By the way, yeah, they need to figure these issues out in a hurry too because they're scheduled to start the year before their week seven bye. Like their defense better be as good as they think it's going to be because they play Buffalo in week one, oh, Dallas boy. in week two. New oh England in Week Three, great defense. <laughs> you know, they, they can probably outscore the pages. But you know, yeah. Kansas City, hello in Week Four. Denver, uh, okay in Week Five, and then Philadelphia in Week Six. Like, could Lord, they need Whoa. their defense to be good, or they need their receivers to you know, shoot a, a bit, a bit, of, uh, shoot above their weight, play above their weight uh, to win some of these potential shootouts.
0: You know, it's crazy. Those uh, first six games, you didn't mention Miami, which means in the back half of their schedule, they've got to see Miami twice.
1: Oh, man. Yep, week 12 <laughs> Come and week 15. Oh,
0: man. Oh, boy. Let's go. It could be a little trouble here. Uh, for the New York Jets, which, by the way, would be no surprise. I mean, it's that's very much the Jets' mo, right? Like the, the historically, oh. that's such a Jets move is to get all hyped up in the preseason and then just run into a brick wall once the season starts. I don't know, man. I, from a fantasy perspective, I really wanted to love Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it seems like he's got a super huge chip on his shoulder. He has something to prove. Uh, it, all of a sudden, he's super engaged. Uh, it, it's it's the most. I don't know, man. It's the most locked in. It's it seems like he's been in years, right? And that guy, that guy, when he's locked in is a scary sight. It's Mm -hmm. just, can he overcome what is now, in my opinion, a, not a very good wide receiver group. And again, as you mentioned, those O-line depth chart issues, um, as well, I, I don't know. This goes back to instead of signing Dalvin cook, could they have pieced together Restructured someone and just pieced together a more aggressive offer sheet for New Hopkins. Can you imagine New Hopkins on this team? That would be special. And that's where, man, I, I don't know how many times we hammer this home, Matt, but it's like you got to just, you got to be special in one area if you want to be a special team in the NFL. You know, I mean, look what the Bengals did. You know, they've got two great wide receivers, and then they got a great trigger man in Joe uh, Joe Burrow as well. That passing attack is so scary. People have to literally just adjust their entire game plan to deal with that, right? And and that's what we've seen over and over again in the NFL. These teams with real strengths, those are the teams that are problems in the NFL. I don't know if the Jets have a real strength now, uh, now that their wide receiver depth has just basically been gutted.
1: Yeah, it, they'll have to hope that Brees Hall and this version of Dalvin Cook are are like a special running back duo, which, you know, there's yeah. a lot of potential pitfalls there.
0: All right, uh, we move on. Let's talk about Terry McLaurin, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport uh, saying that McLaurin uh, had an MRI and revealed no significant injury to McLaurin's toe and that there's, quote, optimism he could play in week one. Matt, I'm going to be 100 percent real with you here. A toe injury at this point in the preseason scares me a little bit. I'm not gonna lie.
1: Uh yeah, for sure. Uh I hated this when it happened live, you know, on, on Monday, right? As as the mm-hmm. Washington offense was kind of looking good against, you know, preseason. Who gives a shit about yeah, preseason? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, I get it, you know, you want Sam Howell to get some reps with these boys, but geez, you leave Terry McLaurin so long in in that preseason game, you leave him in there to like almost the half, and and you know this this happens. That can certainly yeah. uh, that can certainly be how it goes, right? Um. Mm-hmm. Edwin Poros, who's a great doctor from Fantasy Points, a uh, physical therapist uh, for, for minor league baseball teams, he noted on Twitter that x-rays rule out gross fractures and dislocations. The MRI show uh, finer details like swelling, ligament, muscle, tendon damage. It would make sense if the x-ray showed nothing crazy, and the MRI confirmed today nothing crazy. So he's not too concerned about Terry McLaurin as of today. So that made me feel pretty good to see that from Edwin, who's one of my favorite sure. kind of injury guys. Um, but I agree, you don't – you know. You, Scott Pinowski works with me, Yahoo, always does a great job of saying this. Like, you don't want to go, you don't want to like go into the season with an injury, like for for guys you're you're banking on here. Injuries will find you throughout the course of a season. Like so now McLaurin <laughs> right. is one of these guys. Right. Um right. And, and look, I love Terry. You know that. Uh, it does, it does make me more bullish on Jahan Dotson, who um has to. Is one of is absolutely one of my you know, reception perception flag plants heading into his second season. Uh, you know, I've mentioned this on the show before, but like Outkicked even my bullish expectations for him as a year one player, right? I thought he was going to be like a vertical slot, like Doug Baldwin. He -hmm. was an outside guy with an 87th percentile success rate versus press, wins all across the route tree. I think Dotson's in for a big season. Um, and you know, you just hope that McLaurin by like week three is back to 100%. And because this man, this receiver core is so good, like. The opposite of what we were talking about with the Jets where I think they have a true one in Terry. I think they have a guy who, you know, Jahan Dotson could have like that Devontae Smith second season where everybody sort of kind of forgets about him, but he reminds everyone why he's a great player. Uh, Obviously, we'll see if if Sam Howell could be as good as Jalen Hurts. Probably not. Uh, But, you know, and Curtis Samuel, I I still think Curtis Samuel's a great player, like a really, really good number three receiver and, and probably like a guy who could masquerade as a two. So I think the receiver core is ready to rock. This Terry injury is just really unfortunate.
0: Uh, they've got a good pass catching running back in Antonio Gibson, a, a converted wide receiver. Uh, you know, what will they get from Logan Thomas at the tight end position? I don't know. Uh, but certainly he gives you at least length there uh, and and pretty decent hands, too. Um, and, and Sam Howell is su- such an interesting player. I I'm just confused. I don't know why Washington waited until the last week of the season to show us Sam Howell right? Like yeah, Sam Howell in that last week, I'm like, wait a second now. Wait a second now. This guy's got some juice. This guy's got a little pop in his arm. This guy's got a little gamesmanship going, you know? Like, I kind of like his competitive fire and spirit, man. Then you throw that in with the, this intensity that everyone's talking about with Eric Biennemi. I, I think those two things probably go well together, right? So, um, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued by this whole Sam Howell experiment in Washington seeing seeing how it turns out. Again, with Eric Biennemi there, too, I think could be a really interesting thing. Uh, but the, the wide receiver is good. Man, for Terry McLaurin, Matt, I just, they're talking about him maybe being ready for week one. Um, honestly, take your time. You know, we've seen yeah. these toe toe injuries linger and, and explosiveness is... How often have we seen with guys with toe injuries where they're playing through it, but they're just not themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're just not the guy that we're expecting. And they just... And they just carry this injury with them all throughout the season. So each and every week they're getting treatment on it. Each and every week they're expected to play. And each and every week they are just they just don't have that explosiveness uh, that we have come to see. That's what I'm worried about uh, with Terry McLaurin, man. I'm hoping that I'm wrong, and I'm hoping that uh, the toe is a non-issue and that he's just the same old F1 uh, when week one rolls around. But again, it, it's a scary injury, dude.
1: Yeah, it's a scary injury. I, I hope he's just ready. Just, man, come on. Like if Sam Howell's good, Terry McLaurin is really ready, uh, really ready to rock. You know, I, I think this yeah. whole team yeah, yeah, is yeah. set up uh to be very good. So I, I'm with you, man. I, I he should definitely take his time. I think he should take his time.
0: Uh JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, Ian Rappaport reporting there that GS, uh, JSN has a wrist injury and is a quote long shot. For week one against the Rams. I've seen in a few different spots that maybe JSN uh, could miss up to four weeks here with that wrist injury. And that would be a huge bummer, too, because, again, you talk about a guy, perfect guy, perfect role playing in a system that, you know, should utilize his talents pretty well early on from the from the word jump, man. Um, that's JSN in Seattle right now. You've got those two outside guys and Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. JSN slides in into that slot, gives them that slot production that they've been missing for these past few seasons, man. And Geno Smith, who Derek Klassen did a great write up on, says he's the real deal. This dude's the real deal. Well, it was an extremely, arguably the most accurate passer in the NFL in 2022, um so this injury for JSN I, that that's a bummer for me but again it's not like it's not like that derails what Seattle's going to do but boy uh the ceiling certainly is lowered when JSN uh is not on the field for for Seattle.
1: Yeah, no I I think it's a bummer. Uh, I mean, you never want to see a guy start off his rookie year with an injury. I mean, luckily for Seattle, they have the guys to withstand this, right? They have right. two uh, star receivers in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I mean yeah, I just the whole thesis with the, the Seahawks this year is they're this team transitioning to 11 personnel and now they have like the perfect slot guy in Jackson Smith and Jigba to do that. It's a bummer to see him start this year off with an injury. Um, you know, I, the Seahawks schedule, obviously they get the week 1 game uh, against the LA Rams. They can they can probably beat the uh they could probably beat the, the 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 Rams without uh Jackson Smith and Jigba. They might not need yeah, you him, would but so. I mean, shoot, yeah, you'd hope so. They get Detroit in week two. Uh, I think they can beat the Lions. Uh, they can have that type of game, you know, uh, where where they score a ton. Of, the last year, that game was like a fireworks show, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, between the Seahawks and the Lions, we could get potentially another one of those. Uh, <laughs> Too they get bad, the defense is
0: just giving up points everywhere. <laughs>
1: yeah, we'll see if either of these defenses, Seattle uh, or Detroit, is better this year. Uh, yeah. And then Carolina, Carolina in week three. So uh, I mean, that's a pretty decent schedule for them to get started here and then they work jsn they they have a week five bye, you know and then the schedule gets a little tougher a little bit tougher right uh cincinnati arizona cleveland baltimore washington and then the rams again in week 11 so um i think you know hopefully jsn is coming out of the bye like even if he gets a couple of games in before then but he comes out of the bye like really ready to rock
0: yeah, you know it's interesting too. JSN's profile. Uh, I, I'm I'm talking about him sliding into the slot. Really, he can play outside a little bit too. You know, if yep. you if you want to get him off the line a little bit, that'd be great. Um, and it would allow Tyler Lockett again. We're going to see Tyler Lockett move around anyways. That's fine. Um, last year he played you know uh, over 35% of his snaps lined up inside as an inside wide receiver. Uh, just a little over uh, about 65% lined up out wide, right? So uh, w- they're gonna move around Tyler Lockett, but boy, wouldn't that have been really interesting to see Jackson Smith and jigba line up outside with Tyler Lockett lined up inside and vice versa swapping them around. Uh, to me, it's like that's where that marriage, looked really, really good because JSN can play a little bit outside as well.
1: Yeah, like I love situations where if you have, you know, DK Metcalf as is the ISO receiver over here, the X, and then you have mm-hmm. an inline tight end, whether it's Noah Fan or Will Will Disley or whatever. And then on that other side of the field there, um, you have you, you know, you have someone in you know, like a JSN off the line, you have Tyler Lockett off the line and like you're moving one of those guys or, you know, you have Lockett on the line. You have mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, and then JSN start as the out wide off the ball receiver, and then move him into the slot, or vice versa. You have JSN on the line, and then you take Lockett from the outside position and move him off the line into the slot. Um, th- those are the things where. Like they have t- so much matchup potential, especially in those like yeah. bunch sets and bunch formations. Oh, yeah. That's when they can really get creative and really fun there. Yep. Uh, so yeah, look, I don't think a wrist injury is it's it's over for JSN, but I mean, no, definitely no, no, lo- no. again, looks like a long shot to miss the season. Yeah. And then again, I think maybe we're looking at him. Maybe around like after that week. Luckily, they have that early week five bye, you know, to get him back up to speed. Look, it looked like he was already off to a great start, having rave reviews from camp, mm-hmm. um, was looking great in the preseason. So hopefully they can just get him caught back up to speed in that week five bye. And then he's just, again, ready to go and ready to be a full time player and, and a full part of this offense by week six when the Seahawks really need him. But yeah, again, luckily they have good running backs and two great receivers there to hold down the fort in the meantime,
0: it could be a lot of fun. Uh, when the rookie gets ramped up and, and and caught up, you know what I mean? When he starts getting into that game speed and, and again, the, the, the camp reports have been, you know, outstanding, but, um, uh, but you know, rookie wide receivers generally need a little bit of build up time, uh, you know, notwithstanding some of these great wide receivers we've seen just come out the jump and just, you know, put on shows, you know, but generally wide receivers need just a, just a touch of uh, a ramp up time to get used to that speed. Uh, but boy, Seattle could be a lot of fun. Seattle could be a lot of fun because I, I still, by the way, I still think their defense is is a work in progress. I think their defense could yeah. be, you know, pretty bad, uh, which means they, this team could be in some shootouts, boy. Um, so I think it could be a lot of fun, uh, especially in the back half of the year. Will Seattle be able to win enough? Are they going to be able to win enough like, you know, 35, 32 games? Uh, to make a season. We'll see. They could. They could. So I don't know. We'll see. I, and by the way, them winning that way would drive Pete Carroll absolutely insane. He he literally might retire if they, if they try to yeah. win games that way. He can't do it. You know, it's like he's just not built to win these like 42, 35 games, man. Like, oh, my goodness. Uh, I know that drives him insane. Anyways. All right. We move on. Let's go to Tennessee.
1: Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boom Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Kyle Phillips, this one's a little bit random, Matt. Uh, Kyle Phillips, he sprained his MCL. Uh, He's a primary slot receiver there for Tennessee. I only bring it up because generally it's like it's Tennessee's passing offense. Who really cares? It's going to be nuke all day. But I bring it up because Kyle Phillips sprained MCL. Traylon Burks sprained LCL. LCL. Both of those guys could miss the start of the season. And all of a sudden, it's just nuke now, right? Like I looked at this roster and I'm like, who else do they even have? You want to, they've got three guys. They've got three guys with more than one career catch on their roster. Nick Westbrook-Akine, he had 25 receptions last year. Racy McMath, which by the way, sounds like a learning tool. I mean, Racy McMath (laughs) absolutely sounds like an online learning tool. Okay, he's got two receptions last year. And then Chris Moore from Baltimore played with Houston the last couple of years Had 48. I actually did a
1: double take. I'm like, he had 48 receptions last year. Chris Moore. That's unreal. There was a there Um, was a time when he was like a DFS dart throw last year. I do remember that with the Texans.
0: But 48, I'm like, he had 48 receptions. That's, I was surprised by that. No, that's how little we paid attention to Houston last year. But anyways, uh, Chris Moore's got 48 receptions last year. Nick Westbrook-Kinay, Rayson McMath, Chris Moore. Those are your other wide receivers with more than one career catch um, on the Tennessee Titans. I mean, legitimately, Nuke is going to see week one, he's going to see 20 plus targets. Because who else is
1: going to do it? Who else is going to see targets on that game, in that in that passing offense? I don't know. Yeah, Kyle Phillips. You mentioned a little random. I really like the player coming into the draft. He has dealt with injuries. I think he was like benched at yeah. one time his rookie year. Um, he's a, he's a pure slot right, like a, a poor man's Hunter Renfro type of guy. Tiny, a tiny guy. Pure, pure slot coming out of UCLA, um, yeah. and you know he wasn't going to be on the field a ton because he is a pure slot guy. He's not going to play in two receiver sets most likely. No. And this is a team that plays a lot of two tight ends, but it just reinforces the lack of depth this team has. I mean, hey, people were confused. Like, why are they signing DeAndre Hopkins? Like, they need to be looking, you know, to tank. This is why, because they had no receiver depth. This, this was their receiver depth chart before adding <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins. Could you imagine now if they these guys get banged oh up and God. Burks dealt with injuries as a rookie, uh, Phillips dealt with injuries as a rookie. And, yeah, yeah. at least now they have Hopkins who – is like you said, going to just walk into a boatload of targets week one. They did do a lot of. Finally, got Derrick Henry involved in like the screen game, swing passes. They're going to have to do more of that early on have in the to. season. And like Chigo Quanquo, I know some fantasy folks are like concerned about him playing in a full time role. Dude, they have to feature this guy because he was so explosive last year. The yards after catch stuff was impressive. It's a reason why he has like these crazy high yards per route run figures because he was, you know, big time in the in the after catch game. He's got to be. He's got to be that player. I think there's a chance he's just the second most valuable pass catcher on the team behind New New Hopkins, even when Traylon Burks is healthy. Uh, I think you know Chig can be that good. And and again, I've got some questions about like Burks' ceiling and what I said the the like with the Seattle where they have like a soft open season, you know, off opening Mm -hmm. season schedule. I Mm -hmm. mean, the, the, not really as much for the Titans. They have the saints in week one. Uh, They're going to have a good defense. That's going to be like Marshawn Lattimore is just lining up against DeAndre Hopkins. And they have, you know, they have good, they have good players on. I think their defense is going to be good again this year under Dennis Allen, you know, the chargers in week two, we'll see where they're at. Uh, Joey Bose is healthy. They're they're. Defense is going to be better than it was last year? I mean, Brandon Saley better freaking hope it is. They did start playing better defense <laughs> right. to end last year. Um, Cleveland, you know, week three we'll see, and then Cincinnati in week four. So it's not the softest opening schedule for Mike Vrabel and the boys you know, with the banged-up receiver core. I
0: love Chig Okonkwo. I loved him last year. Um, he was one of these guys that, uh, that I absolutely – just I, I, look when you watch this guy play, he's a clear move tight end, as they say, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's 6'3", thirty five pounds. So he's a little light in the britches to just play blocking tight end, right? Uh, but what he did at Maryland, go pop on his Maryland tape, man. Like this is what he does. He catches bubble screens. He runs little short routes, gets into the flat and then just moves. You know, he's he's a little bit of a chain mover. He's a little bit of an explosive yak guy. You know what I mean? This is what Chig does. So, yeah, no, I, I think absolutely the, the number two pass catching option on this offense as we sit here today in late August has to be Chig Okonkwo. But, I mean, again, Nuke is probably going to see 20 targets <laughs> week one, Chig. I, I don't know. If we're chasing targets, man, give me Chig Okonkwo, you know, with eight plus targets in this passing game, too. Look, this this offense might go back to the stone ages, man. Like this might yeah. go back to like, you know, this might go back to like leather helmet style football, you know, like Dwight D Eisenhower, you know, era football here, you know, because that's that's what they have to do. I mean, that's what they have to what are they they really going to try to throw to Racy McMath, bro? Like that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. They're going to have you know, and the thing is too, their their running back room is interesting too, right? Like obviously they've got um derrick henry but but taishay spears bro like looking super explosive so again going back to that philosophy of do we just get our best players out there our best athletes out there well they're going to figure out a way i mean they're not going three they're not going three wide we know that they're not running 11 personnel they don't have the 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 bodies to do it so they're going to, maybe they, maybe they go 22. I don't know. Maybe they figure out a way to get two tight ends and two running backs out there. And Deandre Hopkins has their lone wide receiver. I don't know. Uh, but, but that's what they're going to have to do, man. Maybe they go, you know, wing formation. I, they're going to have to figure something out, man, because they don't have the wide receiver depth, uh, to run even two wide receivers out there is going to be, is going to be problematic for Tennessee.
1: I mean, Dwight Eisenhower, General Dwight Eisenhower in office from 1953 <laughs> to 1961. James says they're taking it back to That's Dwight it. Eisenhower That's uh, right. time period. I mean, the good thing with uh, the Tennessee Titans is for DeAndre Hopkins, like definitely a guy who's taken a step back as a player, but based on his reception perception profile uh, from from last year, can still win at a high rate on dig routes, 81.8%. Out routes ninety one point seven percent. Those are going to be big time zone beating routes against on play action stuff like that. And eighty two point four percent success rate on curls. That's going to be big on these. um, You know, on on, against man coverage when they are definitely going to man up on these receivers. The other guys like Westbrook, Akina, and um, you know Racy McMath and the boys. You know, so I I think Hopkins at least still can carry that load. But for this offense to hit its ceiling and again i'm talking about him winning on like digs and curls here and i you notice i didn't mention a lot about the downfield routes so um, <laughs> right I, I think that's what we're going to be counting on here with this titans offense they're going to look for big play like their chunk play their their best bet to get chunk plays might be those derrick henry screen passes and swing passes mm-hmm. out of the backfield yeah absolutely um and i
0: tell you what if this if the season gets
1: sideways for
0: him i really wouldn't I really wouldn't mind seeing Malik Willis play a little bit more too. You're going to need a quarterback that can generate some yards on his own. And I I, I wonder, I just wonder if, if, Willis might be that dude. I look, I know he threw up all over himself last year. I, I get
1: it, you know. <laughs> but again, he's a, he's at least, I think he's gonna walk into the season as the number two ahead of Will Levis, you know, who's busy yeah. signing like lifetime deals with Hellman's Mayo, or was it? Oh, right? yeah, did you see oh, yeah, that? Yeah, he yeah. signed a lifetime it, yeah. deal with the Mayo, put <laughs> it in the coffee. I mean, my he god, he puts
0: bro. Mayo in the coffee. Golly, oh, that's a bridge too far, you know. For a minute there, I was doing the whole butter coffee thing. Uh but I stopped doing that too oh, really? but I I'm just like yeah by the way the butter coffee sounds disgusting I gave it a try and I'm like you know what this is actually pretty good the butter coffee's
1: actually what, pretty good Were you watching uh, like the Liver King videos you know cave caveman <laughs> style <laughs>
0: liver king oh my goodness uh raise your hand if you're listening out there and you were
1: expecting a liver king reference in today's show golly i love it Uh, i was very i was very dialed in on liver king content not not like i'm out there you know with my 10 you know the 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 ancestral tenants or whatever but uh i was very like (laughs) I used to joke to my wife, I'm like, I'm not gonna follow this guy on TikTok, but I'm gonna check okay. in every once in a while okay. just to see Thank like what kind of outrageous yeah. shit he's up to. Oh, I mean, my what God. a I, yeah, I can't believe I can't believe he was on steroids. Who didn't see that? Shocker! One? But shocker. I was Absolutely very shocker. I was very dialed in on the Liver King for a while there, God. but uh, no. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. The liver—it's all natty. What are you talking about? All natty uh, with Liver King. No. Uh, anyways, he's just eating a bunch of liver out there. That's what's happening here. That's no, what it it's uh, a testicle. Okay. right? Oof. golly rocky mountain oysters here we go um anyways all right we go from uh, one gross offense to another we go from tennessee which is probably the grossest offense in the end well maybe arizona is pretty gross too anyways uh but we talk about carolina now dj chark uh injured a hamstring he's going to be banged up uh might miss some time might miss the beginning of the of the season here for carolina um man you know at least Tennessee has Nuke, I, and I know Nuke is, is an aging you know player right now. But you look at Carolina's depth chart, Matt. Oh boy, this one is uh, this one could be problematic for for the rookie quarterback in Bryce Young, Adam Thielen, maybe their number one, Jonathan Mingo, a rookie, unproven, and uh, and I know you you like Mingo, uh, but I think you'd be the first person to say he's got a ways to go in terms of being a developmental player here, um, and and just. Who else do they got, man? Terrace Marshall, Laviska Shenault.
1: Uh, uh, All those guys is, are hurt too. All, that that's it, that's the right thing about Terrace Marshall's hurt, is, LaVisca Chenault's hurt. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Demir Bird, who's back second time with the Carolina Panthers, is on IR. Uh, you know, Laviska Shenault—they've talked about in this like gadgety Debo Samuel type role. Okay. Uh, But he's in the concussion protocol. Terrace Marshall's missed multiple weeks and is not expected to be back super soon with a back injury. As I always say, James, ain't nobody used to have a bad back. Once you have a bad back, you have a bad back. Um, So Terrace Terrace Marshall would be the obvious replacement for DJ Chark because Mm -hmm. DJ Chark is, I mean, number one, he's he's dealt with injuries for a long time now. Uh, This is not surprising that he's dealing with an injury, but he is a pure X receiver. And, but is not a separator. Uh, he was, in fact, last among the receivers sampled for 2022 in success rate versus man, zone, and press. Oh, boy. So,
0: yeah, oh boy. not great.
1: Um, that's not, not really what you want. But not ideal. <laughs> nope. He is at least a – he's a ball winner downfield. You know, I almost uh, thought, like, at some points, like, if Terrace Marshall was showing well in camp, like, maybe they should just play Terrace Marshall over DJ Chart because at least, right. like, he has – DJ Chark is a declining player. He His 2019 RP was good, but uh, he's been, ever since then, just injuries and injuries and injuries have have stacked up for him. But again, he's a ball winner on the outside, can play that X receiver position. They don't want to play Mingo at X. I think that's wise. He needs to be an off – he, he's been a flanker and like a guy that's going to move. He's similar to what we talked about with Lockett and Smith and Jigbo where – they're gonna have Adam Thielen and, and Mingo like rotate between flank or slot. Neither one of those guys is gonna be their ex. So, but their other only other ex is, is Terrace Marshall and he's not playing. So this is a problem. And the offensive line in Carolina in the preseason has been a huge problem, which is mm-hmm. crazy because I I thought that might be the the saving grace of the, like why this is a good situation for Bryce Young. Because mm. obviously the receiver room might be the worst receiver room in the NFL even when all these guys are healthy and they're not healthy, which makes it even more problematic. But last year to end the season, their offensive line was good, but Iki um has taken a step back based on his preseason play after starting his rookie season really rough, but then finishing it really strong. Um, this this That unit needs to be a lot better. Uh, and if these receivers aren't healthy, yo, Miles Sanders is going to catch a lot of passes. I know people in fantasy don't think he will because he didn't catch passes, of course, playing with Jalen Hurts and a great receiver right. before, but... He's going to catch like 50 balls this year. Hayden Hurst, you know, who's not like a needle moving player, is going to catch a ton of passes. So I don't know, man. This is not a it's not shaping up to be an explosive offense in Carolina, to say the least. No, Carolina is in trouble. Carolina is in trouble.
0: I mean, they're they're honestly they could be looking at a number one pick Um, again.
1: Well, no, they won't be because that means the Chicago Bears will be looking at a number one pick because they – Oh, my God. That's right.
0: (laughs) Chicago. Chicago's happy as hell. Chicago's happy as hell. This offense looks so bad, dude.
1: This offense looks really, really bad. I don't remember who I was having this conversation with, but um, I was definitely talking to somebody recently where – it's like I can just I, – I know this is so fatalistic. And, you know, for people that know me, I know I, I know I have a complicated relationship with the Carolina Panthers. So maybe this is feeding sure. into it a little bit here. But um, – <laughs> Okay. I can just see it now. Like if, if this doesn't – dude, I mean – Oh, by the way, like we're talking about bad offensive line and bad seal position players who don't get open. At least their quarterback isn't 5'9 and like 190 pounds. Oh, wait. Yes, he is. Oh, um, I just can see this. I can, I feel like I can see the headline now like – frank reich tell all you know in a few years i really wanted cj stroud anyways you know after getting fired as carolina panthers head coach right like i just i don't know man I, the bryce young thing scares me and then uh um, the size stuff and and just if this ecosystem falls apart you know and they they don't have the necessary resources to go out and get like a true number one receiver next year i don't know man it makes me a little nervous uh, this team's going to be a disaster, and the sad part about it too is if
0: their offense was was even like league average, I think their defense is actually pretty good. Um, yeah. They're going to be behind the they're going to be behind the eighth ball so often that they're statistically they're going to look bad. But I just think from a personnel standpoint, I think their defense actually has some some players on it, man. They've oh yeah, got some, some real dogs. Oh yeah, Brian Burns, man, is just nasty, and, and he's like the best. He's got he's like one of the best players that. uh, like the more casual fan doesn't know about, but he's so good. He's so good, but he's just on such a bad team. You just would never know. Uh, But yeah, even in their defensive backfield, I I mean, I'm hoping JC Horn gets right at some point here, but Jeremy Chin's out there too. You know, man, these guys got some guys, man, you know, Shaq Thompson flying around. I know he's got some holes in his game too, but he's a good athlete. I don't know, man. It's if they had a league average offense, man, this, this defense I think could shine too and help carry them to some wins. But the way their offense is lined up right now, boy, I oh golly, they're, 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 they they're could be in a world of hurt, man. So uh, don't have a lot of hope here for for Carolina, that is for sure. Okay, um, what about in terms of preseason clarity? I, you know, we talk about the Green Bay Packers a bit on this show, uh, but, you know, it, it seemed to me through their first few preseason games now, uh, you get a real sense of what their offense is going to look like come week one.
1: Yeah, I think we have some clarity that their top four pass catchers are clearly Christian Watson, who ran 100% of the routes with Jordan Love, uh, according to Dwayne McFarlane from Fantasy Life. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, uh, 100% of the routes with Jordan Love in the second preseason game. Jaden Reed, 67% with a 33% targets per route run. I think he's just going to eat targets as that slot receiver uh, mm-hmm. who, who, you know, maybe at some point, overtakes romeo dobbs for the flanker position or, or but you know i listen romeo dobbs is at a good offseason so he's gonna have to like he lose really that job i think and luke musgrave is gonna be the starting tight end another rookie and he ran 89 percent of the routes 38 percent targets per route run he's been you know just clearly one of jordan loves guys in the preseason so i i'm just I, the thing i wanted to bring this up is number one i think that was kind of like what we expected these these rookies were going to win these jobs and like that is it's, again it's such a young offense you know, Romeo go. Dobbs, obviously, from a, um, a reception perception standpoint, he didn't have a great year. 51.9% success rate versus man coverage. 75.2% success rate versus zone. Um, that success rate versus man was the second lowest only to DJ Chark among the guys sampled last year. Aye. The success rate versus zone isn't great, but it's not terrible. Um, you know, it's in the same rate. And there's some, some guys that you, that you would know, but still – I would I would note that like Dobbs's sample got worse after he came back from playing with a high ankle sprain. So maybe mm-hmm. if he's healthy in year two, like I don't think he's a bad player. I just think he's not like he doesn't have a high high ceiling. Obviously, Christian Watson has the high ceiling. You know, Jaden Reed though. Again, I think he's. In, there's I'm not I am not surprised based on Jaden Reed's reception perception profile that he's ready to start day one as a rookie mm-hmm. as the slot receiver, um, but. My question here is just like Christian Watson, who, you know, I, I really like Christian Watson. I think he's a good player. Um, but is he going to really dominate the target share here? Or is this going to be a little bit more spread out on a team that we don't expect to pass a ton with Jordan right. Love? That's my kind of thing coming out of preseason. You know, I think obviously when Jordan or excuse me, when Christian Watson hits, you know, when he hits, he hits, he's going to hit big. Um, but, you know, I think that Jordan Love has shown a lot of connection with Romeo Dobbs. That's been the report from the offseason. It carried over into preseason. I think he's got a good connection with all of these guys. And I'm not saying he doesn't have a good connection with Christian Watson, but I just wonder if Christian Watson is going to maybe be more like, instead of what I think his you know, like at least from a fantasy angle, people expect this, him to be like a 23 24% target share guy, is he more like a 19% guy and this ball gets spread around a little bit more? I kind of wonder if that's going to be the case uh, from a priest. At least what we've seen with uh, these guys. Not This isn't really a thing about anti-Christian Watson. It's just I think these other guys have really stepped up.
0: Don't you think it's also fair to wonder? Um, reading Derek Klassen's profile on Aaron Rodgers, one of the lines that really stuck out to me was it was touchdown or checkdown for yeah. Aaron Rodgers, right? And so we know just historically, watching Aaron Rodgers play, he loves, loves, loves chucking it deep, right? Mm-hmm. And who is he going to be his downfield guy? It's going to be Christian Watson,
1: obviously. Yeah, Christian Watson. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and so then when you look at his, when you look at his, you know, route chart, um, Matt, everything in terms of deeper routes, the the corner nine and post, really good, uh, really good success rates across the board on deeper routes. But where you charted him in the intermediate area, not so good right? Pretty good on the out route. That's fine. But he only ran 4% of his routes as an out route, right? When you're talking about anything above, you know, like seven, 8%, the dig route, he was below the NFL average, uh, was about average on the curl. But I think really what, what sets me back a little bit with Watson to your point in terms of being a, a high target earner, it's like, can this guy improve on the slant route? Right, seventy three point yeah. three percent success rate on the slant route was below league average, um, and seventeen percent of his routes were on that slant. Right, so if he's going to earn these targets, he needs to get better in the short area of the field. And I just, at this point, not a hundred percent sure Watson's that guy. Oh, by the way, I would also suggest that in this Lafleur offense, they're going to see a lot of short underneath stuff. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of short little checkdowns. Again, I think there's going to be some, you know, I think we'll see more curls um, than we've seen in previous seasons. I think we'll see some more comebacks, some more slants, some more underneath stuff I think is going to be featured more heavily uh, in this Lafleur offense. Now, again, is Christian Watson that guy to, to run those routes? I don't think he is. I don't know, Matt. Maybe that is a reason why um, Romeo Dobbs has gotten a little bit more work. But again, to your point, maybe that's why Jaden Reed ends up being one of the top target getters in this offense.
1: I really think everything you're saying there just lines up for – Look, and again, this isn't an anti-Christian Watson thing. It's just this is why I think Jaden Reed is going to be a really important player for them this year. Uh, 84.6% success rate on digs, 84.8% success rate on curls. Um, You know, the flat route underneath stuff, as you mentioned, from the slot, 88.9% success rate on flat routes for Jaden Reed. And we know, again, he's starting as the slot receiver. But this is a guy who is not a slot-only player. The fact that hes they're getting him a role because they needed slot help. Guys like we mentioned at the top of the show, Lazard who played slot, Randall Cobb who played slot, those guys are gone um, to the point that now Jaden Reed's got to be that guy. This is how they get him on the field. But Jaden Reed had an 87th percentile success rate versus press in his college profile, 77.8%. Only behind Jackson, Smith, and Jigba among the guys charted from the 2023 NFL draft class I think Jaden Reed right now is still being slept on a little bit as a day one impact guy and potentially by the second half of the year look if 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 Jordan Love is good I get that part of it that's another (laughs) still big outstanding question about this although he has had a good preseason I I think Jordan Love is going to lock in on Jaden Reed and and this guy's going to be good in the again day one impact guy but maybe second half of the year he could be somebody that's earning a lot of targets earning a lot of targets there
0: I, I have read and seen online. I want to get your take on this, and we'll move on. Uh, that Green Bay may be one of um, could potentially be like a a fantasy undervalued offense. Would you agree with that? Because I, I everyone knows my take on it, which is no, I don't think so. Um, I think they're being valued properly. I think everyone is is slotting in where where they're at. Um, I think Jaden Reed, as you mentioned, he's just I mean he's free on draft boards. If you want to take a you know dart throw at him, I love that call. You know me, I love, you know, dark horses and and deep sleepers. But no, I don't think the Green Bay offense is being slept on. Um, I think they're being ranked appropriately. And as a matter of fact, because they're one of the premier teams uh, in the NFL, maybe it's the other way. Uh, Maybe they're being overvalued, just a touch, just a skosh, uh, just given that they're just one of the preeminent teams in the NFL. I don't know. What's your take on the Green Bay offense ecosystem as a whole?
1: Well, obviously, the one guy that that is getting you know some love here is Christian Watson, yep. and I think that's what's interesting here is the gap between all, like Christian Watson going off the board is the fiftieth overall player uh, in drafts, fiftieth uh, overall player uh, in drafts, and then everybody else though you got to go way down from a receiver standpoint. Obviously, Aaron Jones is going pretty high too. Um, right. AJ Dylan's still up there, but like Romeo Dobbs, one hundred forty second overall in consensus ADP, Jaden Reed. Frickin' 225th uh, overall in consensus ADP. Uh, Luke Musgrave still remains mega, mega underrated uh, as the 189th overall player, tight end 24. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I think that the only guy who's really getting a ton of steam here is Christian Watson. And, and uh, you, you know, you, you have to believe that that Jordan Love and this Packers offense is going to be good if if he's going to work that out. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm uh, – I don't know. I'm with you that I'm skeptical, but I'm a little – I I like Matt LaFleur better than you do. I like the play designs better than you do and the play call and the sequencing a little bit better than you do. And mm-hmm. I, I can tell myself a story where I know obviously they're not going to be better than they were if Aaron, with Aaron Rodgers gone, yeah. but that they at least like – I mean, you know how it is with Rodgers. He wants to do things his way. He wants yes. – uh there was some give and take with the play calling a little bit there between Rodgers and Lafleur. I like what Lafleur does a little bit better, so um, I, I'm I don't think they're the value they're the value offense in fantasy this year. I kind of think that's the Steelers. God help me, um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm sort of in the middle there. Okay, I like it. All right, so there you go. All right, let's
0: get right to it, man. We're running out of time here. Let's get to the option route, uh, one thousand or five hundred thousand, Matt Harmon. But for the five hundred K, you got to live on the International Space Station for one year. What you doing?
1: What you got? I mean, dude, I'm I'm taking the I'm taking the five hundred K. I'm living on the <laughs> space station. This
0: sounds. Wait, hold let up. Sounds- let, 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 Okay. Okay. Maybe because you're, I don't know, cause you don't like people. Uh, maybe yeah. you, the, the ISS sounds pretty good. Okay. But keep in mind, you're not going there with the wifey. You're not going there with the boys. Okay. You're going there. You're going to be hanging out with some Russian cosmonauts and some, you know, some American astronauts and stuff. And you know, a bunch of, a bunch of old people that you don't know. Okay. You're going to be out there with limited access to internet they got like very limited TV. You're just gonna be sitting there. It's not like you're a real astronaut. You're gonna be just sitting there twiddling your thumbs for about a year. Again, you're away from the wife. No intimate relations. Okay, for a year, bro. Uh,
1: I'm just dude, saying. I've, I've, I'm know, just I mean, saying. Listen, I think I can. I can recall on on a past life and just you know be fine. With it. <laughs> Finally, that part of it. Um,
0: I don't want to get too nitty gritty here, but again, no, no internet,
1: bro. Okay, I'm just saying. Yeah, look, l- Okay, l- l- before we go really <laughs> off the rails here, so yeah, there's no internet. Uh, so I guess I'm like, I'm taking an L on my career for a year. I guess I do uh-huh. have to hope that okay, I, my job is waiting for me when I get back. You know, sure. my wife is waiting for me when I get back. <laughs> I mean, friends could give a shit, give or take, with them. You know, whatever. Hope, hopefully, you haven't found a new podcast host. Right. You know, yeah. well, or whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah. Exactly right.
1: Uh, somebody's got to fill. Zach can fill in. Zach can fill in <laughs> for a year. You know. Um, I, I get. Can I? I guess I can't be up there charting routes on. You know, in, in space. That would be a great time to. I mean, my God, could you imagine? I could backfill the reception reception oh database oh like my crazy. Goodness. Could I bring you up could. like a could? Could I get? A, I guess I could burn all these things to like a DVD player. Yeah, you know, and, sure. And, and like I, I could say, so you know what? Yeah, let me do that. I'm going to burn all these <laughs> all 22 stuff on you know, and and like backfill the database. It's going to be great. Old old college prospects I haven't gotten to. Oh, oh dude, my God. I I can. I can totally do this. Okay. (laughs) One year away from society. Don't uh, these other astronauts. Yeah. I'm not talking to them. I'm not socializing with them, um, but I'm just up there. You know, I'll catch up on my reading. uh, I'll I'll catch up on all kinds of things I've, I've wanted to do up there in space. Plus it's like a one. Also it's a once in a lifetime experience. You know (laughs) know what? True. It like True. I'm going to live in the International Space Station. I'm going to see <laughs> the freaking Earth from space. And True. you're giving me 500000 Like a year is a long time. Okay, a long time, bro. I get that. A long that. time. Yeah. A year is a long time. But still, I, I mean, it's, it's still a once in a lifetime experience. And you're paying me $500,000 to do it.
0: I when I when I first thought of this, I'm like, oh yeah, man, my my antisocial ass. I'd love to be in the on the ISS for you. That's that's great, you know. And and Matt, a, a fellow antisocial person, I, I immediately gravitates towards this. And Definitely I get worse,
1: it. worse, worse, worse <laughs> than you.
0: <laughs> which I I get it, you know. I I understand. By the way, I could just imagine you in a in a dark, you know, ISS room, just charting routes, man, like an absolute <laughs> <laughs> madman, which is great. I'm just saying. But then I started thinking like a whole year, man, like I got to be away from the wife and I got to be away from the kiddos for a year. Yeah, that's hard. For I, you. I can't do. I can't do that. I can't do. I, I got to pass on that one. 500,000 is a good, good amount of change, man. But, um, but it's not, it's not like life changing money, you know? And I, it's like, again, I gotta, I gotta be away from the wife and kids for you. I don't know if I could do that, man. So, um, by the way, I would just be bored out of my mind. Like, I don't What would I be doing? I'm not, I'm not charting anything dude like what the hell
1: i'm reading some books i'd be bored of books and probably a month probably a month then what you google if you google does the international space station like you know, and it, Google autofills first is like: does it move? Does it have gravity? Uh-huh. Understandable. The third and fourth one are: does the, does it have Wi-Fi? Does it have internet? Then it gets down to: does it have escape pods? Uh, so people, <laughs> people have clearly thought about this before. Yes. Um, yes. Ooh. By ooh, the way, yeah. But hey, hey, hey! Breaking news: NASA. Okay. Installed the first access points for Wi-Fi in space on the International Space Station in 2008. Um, so, like, I, I, think, I think we have internet.
0: So, they have – so, I looked this up. They've got internet, but it's very, very limited. I mean, I was going to say, yeah, I,
1: I, I, last time I Googled something and talked about it on air it was the life expectancy thing, which people promptly told me like, Hey, idiot, that's because of like infant mortality and stuff, but, you <laughs> know, I mean, which is fair. I am. An, I am an idiot. No, no, an idiot, but I'm probably getting in trouble with this, but I mean, yeah, what are we talking? Is it like the shitty Wi-Fi internet? You know, when you can only maybe get, maybe get your emails. Maybe get know. your can you stream NFL Plus <laughs> oh. <laughs> on this internet? I don't know.
0: That's a that's a good can you stream on the ISS? I don't know. That's that's a game changer. If I could stream, maybe, maybe I do this thing. Um okay, but last thing this is totally non sequitur here, but have you seen have you seen this thing? Um, this is like a, a weird thing that's like developed on the internet. That's those things go hand in hand. But there's this yeah, whole okay. conspiracy theory that the ISS is not real. That there's no oh, one yeah, that well. the ISS doesn't actually exist, that it's all just, you know, actors and actresses on green screens and using like, you know, like suspension wires and stuff. Um, if you go down this rabbit hole on, on TikTok, like there's a lot of TikTok content on people showing you like the inconsistencies of the ISS and and how gravity I'm using air quotes here for, for my podcast listeners, but how gravity the, there's like some inconsistencies with how gravity is working on the iss there's a lot of videos I, i'm i'm just i was surprised by how many videos there are on this whole conspiracy theory that uh, that the iss does not actually exist
1: oh well i mean that People don't even believe the moon landing happened, right? I mean, right, I remember right, our right, buddy right, right, Alex right. Gelhard telling me about like, you know, he's out on a date and like had to kind of get up at it, probably <laughs> butchering the story, but you know, he's happily married now. But, you know, back when he was dating, he yeah. you know, had to be like, all right, I'm out of here because so this, the girl he was out with is like, no, the moon landing is not real. I think I'm probably butchering that story. But, you know, I'm sure it's happened to people before <laughs> that the moon, la- you know, people think the moon landing is not real. Um, so I think Marcus right. always says, you know, it's a uh, well that the ridiculous part of that conspiracy theory is that they think it's like Hollywood actors and they claimed it was filmed down at a studio in long beach. The crazy right. part being that nobody goes from, uh, you know, what's that, uh, what's that place called, you know, where all the, the, on the Valley, where all the studios are down to freaking long beach and nobody travels that far <laughs> in LA, <laughs> but Hey, maybe I just need to go to, I, so right. this entire thing is death. Maybe I'm just going to long beach for the year for $500,000, yeah. which okay. I think I could do. Yeah, that's that's easy. That's
0: not bad. Hop, skipping, and a jump away from me. That's good. All right, all right, so there you go. Let me know, guys. Uh, let, let me know on Twitter, on Instagram. What are you guys doing? One K? You taking the five five hundred thousand to live on the ISS? for an entire year let me know um that was your option route and that's your show man all right so there we go we covered a lot of ground there with a bunch of different players and a bunch of different teams um i tell you what man we're gonna we, we gotta start taking some mailbag questions here by the way as the season fast approaches well, we'll that, oh, yeah. that'll be a recurring theme too uh once the season starts uh get some mailbag questions up and out of there but i do want to say we've got a lot of quarterback profiles hitting the site right now okay if you guys want to know about uh, Desmond Ritter, if you want to know about Jared Goff, uh, so many quarterback profiles up on the site right now, receptionperception.com. Really, really fascinating stuff on some of these quarterbacks that are not necessarily the best in the NFL. But what do they do well? What do they do not so well? And that's what Derek Lassen has, I think, kind of brought to the table. A little bit of a lot of nuance if you will to some of these quarterbacks um for the reception perception website so no I, and matt i know you're a big fan of what Derek classen has done as well and, and a lot of the nuance that he brings uh to to your own work on the wide receiver side
1: yep uh you mentioned the desmond ritter profile was uh hoping for better the no nope. Ritter profile but but <laughs> but classen did mention you know he he felt like he needed more time to get his feet wet, so uh, I don't yeah. know. Uh, we'll yeah, it. that one made me nervous, but no, it's it's great. It, the The quarterback stuff has been awesome, and like again, it's a great compliment to my receiver work, but it's great on its own. And you know, we mm-hmm. didn't raise our subscription prices a cent, and and I think it's this crazy. is just great value uh, to see this stuff uh, combined with the receiver data, but also on its own. You know, the Justin Fields profile. I was reading that today. That's mm-hmm. a really interesting one. And he's still got a, a few more to come as well. Yep. Uh, so that that's really good.
0: Kenny Pickett's going to be hitting the site relatively soon. Um, if you want
1: to know. Ooh, I'm going to have to me. read that. I hope that one doesn't crush my
0: dreams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, actually, I, I've given it a, a sneak peek, and the sneak peek is no, it will not crush your dreams. Uh, so there you go. Um, oh, what, what, what else we got coming out? Uh, we got Brock Purdy coming out relatively soon. I think Russell Wilson's profile is being worked on as we speak. So. Um, that will be out on the site as well. All right, receptionperception.com. All right, we're running a little bit long. We got to get the hell out of here. For Matt Harmon, I'm James Co. Oh, we are out of here. But remember, it's never too late. and You're never too old to chase your dreams.